לפתוח בהשם בכל דבר וכו', ולהאמין בהשגחה עושה הפרטיס.
of the external world and he has the internal perception he knows exactly what you're doing so in other words the emunah goes not only as far as I know that what, what is occurring out of side of me who is in charge and in control and aware of but even in terms of my own internal mode how I'm thinking, feeling and doing even there Baruch Hu has insight which is, which is a fascinating level of Kirvis Eloikim that you kilu feel HaKadosh Baruch Hu is with you wherever you are and it's also a feeling of of responsibility of Midas Adin that HaKadosh Baruch Hu sees what you're thinking sees what you're doing sees what your intentions are and then the Rosh says the astonishing consequence Ki, because as we said last week, it's as if the Rosh is saying, and I'll prove to you that this is the attitude you have to have towards life, because if you don't believe in your test Mitzrayim, you don't believe in the existence of God. So we had difficulty understanding the causal relationship between the two. What do you mean? We were talking about Bitochim Emunia, and all of a sudden the Rosh jumps to Yitzhak Mitzrayim. How did he get there? So what we said was as follows, that the, the mockum upon which it's based, the reference point which allows me to view the world through the lenses of Bitochen and Emunah, to behave with Bitochen and to see through Emunah, is I have a precedent. I have a reference point where I can see that this Taka happened. I don't have to base it on some theoretical philosophical system. I can have a very vivid reference point where I can refer back and say, there was a Yitzhak Mitzrayim, there was a Kriyas Yamsuf, there was a <coughs> I'm worried about Parnosa, there was Mon in the Midbar. I'm worried about the fact that Rufua, so Akashbuchu, I believe there's a major which says that Akashbuchu, with the Eden, there was also Kinim, they just didn't bite. Akashbuchu Akashbuchu is in control, but without that, because it's in control of the dermatological malfunctions of your skin, it's called Shechin. Akashbuchu is in the molecules of your skin. Mamish. In the molecules, so you're worried about refuah. You have a precedent that Kosh is Rafa Kolbosor Maflilasos. It's not that you have a knowledge; you have an event recall. So what we said in terms of memory is that the Rosh doesn't say Kimisha Einu Mamin Bashkochasoy Bechol Diktukei Chayov Hu Koifer Bekoil. He doesn't say that. He says you have to come with Yisus Mitzrayim, and then he goes on to hammer home the point, and he says that the end of Yichud Shalim. That your test Mitzrayim is your soy kolatorukula. Why is it your soy kolatorukula? Say moon is your soy kolatorukula. L'choyer, what the Rosh is saying is that you need to have the lens coming from somewhere. That when you perceive life through the eyes of your test Mitzrayim, it gives you a heightened solidity in the way you relate to things. Experientially, when I've been testing this out, it's definitely worked. When I think Akash Baruch is in control in an abstract way, as opposed to, I have a headache, and I think, you know, Akash Baruch Hu, you are able to actually stop a person's breath at exactly the right time in Makas Bukharis. You are able to change the dust into kinim. You are able to change the water into blood. You are able to, you are able to, take Israel through the midbar and give them food which they digested completely, <laughs> you can cure my headache. Because you have a reference point, you have something to refer to. It makes their munna very different. So that's the Chorah. 
a reworking of memory in regard to Yetzirah Mitzrayim in creating a mahalach and a lens of approach. It, a zikorin becomes a lens. The next fascinating point is what the Gaon says. I couldn't find an Evan Shlamer downstairs, but the Evan Shlamer says that there are two Midas Rois and two Midas Tovis. And those two Midas Tovis counteract those two Midas Rois. The two Midas Tovis he calls are Bitochen and Histapkus. Bitochen meaning the confidence to go ahead in Ashkocha. And Histapkus means we'll see when we'll see what they're opposed to maybe with greater clarity. Stapkus means that what I have is what I need. I'm happy with what I have. And he says those two middas are connected to Taiva and connected Chemda. Now the God says in Ibn Shlaim the difference between Taiva and Chemda is that Taiva is the pursuit of the pleasures of the flesh. A person wants to fulfill his sensory desires. He wants to indulge in eating and drinking and other pleasures of the flesh, that's called taiva. It's the self-indulgent pleasures of the guf. Chemda is the Goran says, it's takshitim, vizav, it's the status symbols, it's the material aggrandizement of self. It's the big car, it's the fancy watch, it's the polo shirt. It's the, it's the desire to have a material be surrounded by it to extend, to make the self bigger through material expansion. So Taiva is the indulgence of the physicality and Chemda is the expansion of the, of the physicality. And the Gaon says Bitochen is Keneged Taiva and Istapkus is Keneged Chemda. So, and then the Gaon says that uh, Bitochen is Yosoi Kola Kula and without it a person doesn't have any Torah. I'd like to explore that. It's very funny because Lechore Bitochen and Emuna are sugyas of perspective. One wouldn't have thought that they midas sugyas. Ki'ilu. I'll explain to you what I mean. Let's say a person wants to work on kaas. So the way you work on kaas is you understand that the mechanism upon which kaas functions is that when something obstructs my rotson, the obstruction from an external place to my rotson creates an explosion called kaas. And therefore, I need to work on my kaas. And therefore, as the explosion occurs, or before it occurs, I need to take three deep breaths. I need to think how oh, it's not a big issue. I have to coach myself out of that situation. What I'd like to suggest is that the Mahalach of Emuna is a radical chidush in Tikkun Amidus. In order for any Midah to become relevant, the Midah, as we've discussed before, has to have an accompanying paradigm, a way of seeing things, a perspective, a lens. So for example, Taiva. When I go to a chasna and I focus on the, depends on the chasna, is it the d'oeuvres, is it the main course, F shirts, the desserts, taka, depends. You have to know your chasna halls and where to place your emphasis and to be mashkir koiches. But when I when I try to find my taiva, I see it's the, this particular chasna hall. It's the d'oeuvres, and they've got the most delectable array of different types of sushi. And for some reason, since it's become fashionable, people start to think that the fact that the rice is shaped in this particular way and there's three carrots in the middle makes it extremely tasty. G 
given that illusion aside, since we've all fallen for it, so you have this delectable selection of these little rice um, things, and you think to yourself, gosh, Taivas I have to work on myself. So you pass the sushi table, and from the corner of your eye, you kind of find yourself glancing, and, you say, uh, 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 uh. and then you work with yourself, and you try, and then as you're walking past, you're going back, and you're about to say, Mazel to the chasen, but then you suddenly realize that there's something more important you need to do before you do that, and you just have a quick sushi. And then you realize, gosh, I failed. But it's because there's a paradigm somewhere there. Somehow, a lens creeps in that says, eating this food is an important value in my life. Now sometimes that lens is a very subtle one and sometimes you can actually hear yourself saying it. You'll say something to yourself like, if I don't eat this now, I won't have energy. That means there's a lens. The lens says as follows, this food needs to eat and go into my stomach because if it doesn't, so then the, the results will be disastrous. So that's already a value system. So once you have that lens, once you have that lens, so then it creates a middle give another example person who is sitting in a yeshiva dining room and there's always a level of uncertainty whether you'll get food or not so every time a person goes for lunch there's a big sugi of bitochen and imuna going on and taiva so it depends on your depends on your orientation if your orientation is I need this food to sustain myself so then as a result a whole array of midas will arise what will happen is you walk into the dining room and someone took your piece of chicken. Immediately emitters like sinner, cast, mixed in with taiva and covered. How dare he take my chicken all come into play. But that's because there's a lens and the lens is this piece of chicken has to land up on my plate and in my stomach because hooray that's what I need to sustain myself unbelievable is based on this piece of chicken imagine if you went into the lunchroom with an emuna perspective which means I'm not putting in a situation where HaKadosh Baruch may choose to give me my piece of chicken provided I go through the sufficient shtadlus and he may choose like just like with the mon sometimes the mon was far away due to the various and sometimes it was close by so the Abishta may decide that today is not a chicken day for me so I walk into the dining room and I do the sufficient shadows. I don't sit there and sit on the floor and wait for someone to bring me a chair and a table. I go sit in the seat and there should be the normal, the normal amount of chicken, parts of chicken. And punked today, there was one piece less. So I say, oh, from a perspective of Imuna, I say, aha, today I must have done something that I'm not zoichet to the piece of chicken. When you go in with that lens, no kina, no sinner, no taiva, no covet. It's not that you worked on the midas. It's that you sidestepped them. Because the lens that the midas created for you to be more over those midas is no longer available to you. So what I believe the God to be saying is that when a person walks the bitochen, it's connected to taiva. Because in perceiving the world that things happen for a reason so then you don't extend yourself beyond the parameters of the norm to get things that you feel you need to have in other words the problem with taiva is not only the middah it's the paradigm that the middah presupposes in order for it to be effective 
if that's true, it comes out that there's a whole world of tikkunamidas which can only be so effectively put into pr- put into plan, put into put into application. But dafket has to start off with a shinui of the lens upon which you see. If a person would live yetsiz mizraimdik, the pshat is not that he'd live with more emuna. The pshat is that he'd have less taiva, he'd have less kina, sinna, covered. In other words, all the midas rice need a paradigm in which they can be justified. They need to have a mahalach. It's not, they just don't come from nowhere. They need to have a legitimate right of existence. If the paradigm that you've constructed based on something like Emun and Bitochen is an Emesa paradigm, so then the Midas Royce Be'etim have no Mokum there. In other words, the, the Rosh, when he says, he's not only saying, from a philosophical perspective, this allows a person to believe in what the Abishta says. He's saying, this is what creates a Yid. Because in that world, you don't have to be Noikim V'noitem. Because things happen for a reason. So the Midas of Nikim Mitir, Poshet aren't present. Those Midas occur when someone did something so wrong to you. He could only have done something wrong to you in a world where you can be the arbiter of right and wrong. In a world where there's Ashkocha Pratis and things happen to you because they need to happen to you, so then you can't hold a grudge against him. You need to have the, So if you can somehow apply a different lens called using an event memory, Yitzhiz Mitzrayim, which is the ultimate paradigm of how we perceive the world, so then your entire Yisoyerus Amidus takes on a completely different set of cause and effect. So that for me is an incredible chiddush in terms of that it could be that the ikka effort we can put into our voice samidas we're putting into the wrong place. Because Lukhoira to try work with every midas pratios it's a massive work. Because you have to be metak in every midas and ultimately you can't really succeed. Because calls man the lens is wrong so then you're always losing the battle even when you win. For example so let's say, again, the same chicken episode. So you're approaching, you're approaching your table, now you're doing this through the lens of Bitochen Emunah, which means you have a suffix if you're going to get chicken or not. Good mecha tasted your roll for it. So you come and you don't see chicken, so you say, Taka, today for me is not chicken day, I have to deal with it. I have to know, I have to be choike v'dresh myself, like the Rosh says, he knows what I'm about. And he's m'shoitis v'cholo aret, he knows what's going on in the world. So vice versa, he decided today is not chicken day for me. What happens if the guy goes in as a Baal Musa, he's going to work on his midas. So what happens? He goes and he sees no chicken. He says, I'm not going to be bequest. And he looks at the person and he says, and I'm going to fight my tithe. And he looks at the guy and he says, and I'm not going to hold it against him. There's going to be no tear in the kim of the fact that he bears him took. I know that that was my piece of chicken. So he'll be loichim with himself, yoimam velayla, and pashtas he won't win, because the yetzer is takif and And even if he wins, he's still lost. Because he's fighting the wrong battle. The battle starts in the wrong place. He's not, that, that's not the way the battleground exists. So it's amazing Chidush is that Emunah shifts the court of play to a completely different location. And that a person can ironically be trapped in the avoidance and the struggle of Tikkun Amidus and it's all Brocha Levatola. Because the framework wherein it's existing is completely out of sync with what reality is. Now this is not so poshit. And the reason why it's not so poshit is because the Midas have an insidious way of distorting 
Ayamunitika paradigms. I don't know if we mentioned um, last week the Flaschic milk example. Flaschic milk. Um, it happened on a. Ah, oh, actually, it was it happened on Shabbos. So, one of one of the members of my family, a younger one, placed a jug of milk on a flashic tablecloth. I said, you can't do that, that's um, flashic. He said, the milk's flashic. <laughs> <laughs> I said, if the milk's flashic, so tell me what milk it is. Um, so it's quite funny, but, but the truth is, do you know how many times we declare milk flashic? Meaning as follows, what happened in terms of the midas? It was, I want the milk to be there. The problem is, it can't be there because there's milk in the table because it's flashic. So I have to reconcile. My want for the milk to be there is non-negotiable. Everything else is negotiable. So now we only have one braira. It must be the milk is flashic. That's the problem with midas. Is the midas, because the rotten is so strong, they create the mind frame which is a total distortion. So the shyly is and the avoider lies in trying to figure out how can we create the mechanism of bitoch and the paradigm and the lens to be so forthright and so strong that it doesn't get pushed out by the midas creating false paradigms which they always tend to do. And it's amazing how insidious they are. In other words, you think that the milk... The milk I, I saw it twice. I saw one for, once with myself and once with someone else. And it happens... You can check yourself in learning. What happens is... I was learning a thesis and I went in with a preconceived notion that there was this particular shaklantaya in the Gemara and it had to be based on my understanding of shaklantaya and a few words I read in thesis, the thesis are asking this kasha. So I said, oh, this is thesis kasha and it was based on the kol shakay. And someone pointed out to me, but if you look at the Russian thesis, he says the exact opposite. <laughs> no, it can't be, I explained to him, because Harry, that's not the way I was thinking. So all I did was I took Tosis and I said the Pshat in Tosis, and we all do this all the time, that was Mamish the exact opposite to what he said. Why did I say that? Because I wanted to believe that way. So I said on that jug of milk, it's Vlashik. And that's in learning, you can spot so much easier because you've got Chavrits to bounce it off with you. But in life, you don't even notice you're doing it the whole time. You have this whole array of self constructed fantasy paradigms which are just made up because you want them to be that way. It's, it's absolutely fascinating how it happens. I'll give you an example, a small example. I don't know if you people are attracted or attached to possessions, but I know the way I work is if I found this, I actually pointed out to myself, when you buy a particular product, especially if it's an expensive product, you buy a new watch, and your watch is a particular brand name, what I find myself doing is starting to show whenever I see such a watch or the same brand name to start to build a whole philosophy as this is the best watch in the world <laughs> and, and then you look for riots and then you see keyword and then you and then you price it and it works you work with a thousand different levels whereby because you want it to be therefore you create a system which will support it so I think it's a big chidush that the whole role of avoided samidas actually can start in a place prior to the midas, prior to this oros amidas. That it could be that once the midas has been misoyer, it's too late. You have to create a way in which the midas has no legitimate oros. 
because the, the way you see things is such that there's no way for it to begin. Now, let's talk a little bit in the context of this. It, it, it plays out in many different arenas. Just because it's the three weeks, I'd like to illustrate this from an example on, on Tisha B'Av. What happened on Tisha B'Av is a very difficult day for most people because we are confronted with the Churban Abais, which is an objectively tragic occurrence and which unfortunately many of us have no connection to whatsoever. But it's an exceptionally emotional day. But it's only emotional if you have a connection to it. <laughs> but it's emotional because it's emotional. So now you're sitting down on the floor next to people. And now this is what happens. <coughs> the people around you either do or don't. Let's assume sitting around the people that they're starting to get really upset about the whole thing. And they're starting to be emotional and to be somber and to maybe someone will shed a tear or two. And now you're sitting there. So now, look what type of distortion has to take place. You start to, what happens is, so you start to create a system. The system is, the right thing to do in the situation is to cry. So now you develop a rot zone for crying. The problem is, the problem is, there's no reason for you to cry, because you're not upset. So now you have to cry, create a reason for crying. But the reason for crying can't be the Chubin Abayis, because you have no connection to it. So you have to manufacture a reason to cry. So people actually legitimize this by doing things which make them sad. They read things about terrorists or about the Holocaust and they do a variety of different things which evoke an emotion of sadness. So what are they doing? So ironically, by them trying to fit into a false paradigm of I have to be the same as everyone else in order to establish. Over here the media is covered. Covet says, if they're crying, I have to cry, otherwise I look stupid. That forces me to want to cry. There's no reason for me to cry, so I have to look for another external reason to cry. And that reason to cry has got nothing to do with Chorban Abayis. So what I do is, I actually, through shedding a tear, I completely destroy any shaykhs to Chorban Abayis. Because I'm crying for a reason which is not relevant. But because I feel like I'm crying, I feel like I've done what I need to do. So the emitters are so insidious that the person can end up doing the right thing for the wrong reason and completely undermining what he's trying to achieve. And that's why it's interesting in the Shulchan Aruch when it discusses Churban Abayis in the beginning in Sif Aleph, Simon Aleph in Sif Dalet, it says, the Mechaba says, Ra'oi l'chol yirei shamayim she'edoye gumeitzar al-Churban Abayis. And the Lashon of the Mechaber is fascinating because there are very few halachas which are set aside only if you're Yerushalayim. If you're not Yerushalayim, you're potter from being made to Doeg al-Besamekdash. There's no khirif. This doesn't happen. Because you have no shaykhah. So what you mean to do? Fake it? You'll destroy yourself in the process. So, just as a inyana duyuma dika ha'are in terms of how this particular mahalach will approach in Chorban Abayis, what we have to do is we have to create a paradigm which will bring us closer to understanding what Chorban Habayis is and within that paradigm the Midas should flow. If we would understand the Hefzed of Chorban Habayis, so then the Midas which would be Mis Oireres 
would be atzvos, would be avelos, would be uh, would be richuk from Hakadosh and that in turn would breed perhaps the shtoikikus to come closer. But unless we deal with the bigger picture, so what we'll do is we'll use our midas to actually undermine the connection that we could theoretically get. So I think this is a very crucial point in all our voida, and it touches on, we just give an example from the particular issue that's relevant to us now, but it's so, so rife in every way we engage in the world, and without addressing this issue, if we address everything beyond this issue, we'll land up maybe working in prete protim, but we'll never be attacking anything in a fundamental fashion. So I think that's a big ha'ara from the Koyach Koran as a fundamental tool of Tikkun Amidus. Okay,